Hi, I'm Chris Klink, and you're listening to my Writing Table Podcast. Today's guest is Priscilla Olivares. Priscilla Olivares is a USA Today best-selling author and 2018 RWA Rita double finalist who writes contemporary romance with a Latinx flavor. She and her work have earned praise from The Oprah Magazine, Washington Post, New York Times, Entertainment Weekly, Redbook, Publishers Weekly, and Booklist, among others. Priscilla earned her MFA in writing popular fiction from Seton Hill University and currently serves as adjunct faculty in the program and teaches the online class Romance Writing for Ed2Go. While she's devoted to the romance genre, Priscilla also considers herself a sports fan, beach lover, and Zumba aficionado who often practices the art of napping in her backyard hammock. Welcome, Priscilla. Hola, thanks so much for the invite. I'm excited to chat with you, Chris. I read that your first romance was inspired by a surprising source. I was introduced to adult romance um, by my dad, by Fappy. Wow. Um, Yes, yes. My mom's a reader, but my dad is... a. a a much bigger reader. He's always, I remember growing up, he always had like a book in his back pocket. Eight out of 10 times, it would be a Harlequin or some kind or a mass market, you know, because it would fit in his back jeans or his back back pocket. Um, I remember leaving Key West because we lived in Key West when I was in junior high and high school, um, like pulling up, away from the island and drive getting about 10 minutes up the keys and my dad realizing that he had forgotten his reading glasses we were we were going on a family vacation driving all the way to texas where oh. dad or papi uh, familia is and he we u-turned because he was like i cannot be this long without having my reading glasses you know so um but we were i was 15 years old so maybe a sophomore in high school and we were waiting we were stuck in a hurricane shelter in the keys on the military base, on one of the military bases. And by day two, I was typical teen, you know, pre, no cell phones, no no technological gadgets in back in the old days. And uh-huh. uh, so by day two, I was like climbing the walls. Um, as a parent now, I can totally commiserate with my parents back then. I was driving them crazy. And my dad, one of his hurricane supplies that he took with him was a bag full of Harlequin Presents and Harlequin Romances. And he said, take one of my books and read it. Basically, like, get out of our hair. And I wish I could remember the name of the Harlequin romance. I do remember that it was a romance um, and not one of the presents for whatever reason. Um, But that Harlequin romance, Papi's Harlequin romance, kind of ushered me out of the the, um, you know, back then you were like Sweet Valley High. And so the the YA into the adult. And so that was how um, a romance reader you know, was, or adult romance reader was born in that, um, hurricane shelter in the Keys. (laughs) Oh, wow. So I'm guessing just from what I follow on Facebook and Twitter, your dad's a romantic. Yes, he is. Papi is very romantic. There's that stereotype, right? Of the machismo, a bad stereotype because it becomes, it can become a stigma, right? And not all Latinx men are macho and, and, you know, all, patriarchy and and ego and and all of that and my papi is one of those who is not Uh, um he's very loving very soft-hearted um you know he likes to joke we always say there's not a friend he hasn't met you know anywhere we are papi's gonna make a friend and so i think my parents both have a really um loving they've been married 54 years now i think it is wow that's awesome um, 
Yeah, yeah. So they are, um, I, I, I really think that in all of the romances that I write, like the heart of the healthy relationship that st- still argues, right? And still has ups and downs, but manage sure. to work it out together is born from the example that mommy and papi have given our familia. Spending that time in Key West where Hemingway was from, did that inspire you at all to write? As a high school kid, unfortunately, I was not, I did not soak up all of like, you know, the things that, that now when I go back as an adult, let's go to Hemingway house again, as a kid growing up there, which I think can happen a lot, no matter where you are, right. You, you, you've lived somewhere for five years and then you're getting ready to move and you're like, oh my gosh, we've got to fit everything in before we move. Like, what have we not done? Right. So that was me as a kid. Uh, um, I think mostly it was the, the idea to, to write or to major in English. That's my undergrad with education. Um, came one of my high school teachers. We had like a short story, you know, section that you had to do. And she was the one um, at first that asked, you know, asked me if I had thought about writing or English or, and, and so that kind of, that seed was kind of planted. And, and, and I remember saying, huh, yeah, you know, and then kind of going my way. But it, um, I think just the, the idea of setting a series in Key West, the very first romance I wrote was set in Key West. I think maybe because it was, it was home. It was, you know, love. It was familia. Um, that book was bad for a whole bunch of reasons, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, it was written eons ago. Even though I moved on to other books and other manuscripts, I knew that I always wanted to go back, like take readers home with me to Key West. For vacation, it's a tropical, it's romantic, but but also because it's it's been home for so long. So I came up with this series idea, and thankfully Kensington said yes, let's go for it. And um, it's been nice to Island Affair and Anchored Hearts are, are different, but yet they're both hopefully like an homage, a welcome. I I hope readers finish both of them or one of them if they just pick up one and feel like they've visited you know Key West and and made some new friends. Well, that's exciting. Anchored Hearts comes out this week. Congratulations. Yes. I'm really thankful. I just want to say thank you to every, you know, readers and writers and bloggers and everybody who are sharing the, the release news. Um, I really appreciate that. So thank you. Tell me about that first book that you published. That is His Perfect Partner. I um, love that one. Oh, thank you. Tomas and Yasmin. Um, they'll always, I mean, I love all my characters, right? But Tomas and Yasmin will always have a special place just because they were the, it was their story. They were the couple that ushered me from aspiring published author to published author um, and all the, all the, all that that entails. But um, actually his perfect partner was my thesis manuscript. I have my MFA in writing popular fiction from Seton Hill University, not Seton Hall, it's Seton Hill. <laughs> and um, so that they they have a the MFA program is um, writing popular fiction and it's all genre fiction. So my focus obviously was romance. So unfortunately my homework was either writing or reading romances. It was so difficult. <laughs> um, but so my thesis manuscript from from the uh, program when I graduated, then uh, became, you know, it was, it was his, I had the title, his perfect partner. And after the program, I got my agent, Rebecca Strauss, and still went through two rounds of revisions with Rebecca before we went on submission. And we, you know, submitted wide and Martin Biro with Kensington, 
or who used to be with Kensington Martin is has now moved on to another publisher. Um, but Martin Bureau was the editor that um, said yes. And we got, you know, what we like to call quote unquote, the call, the call. Uh, you know, from, <laughs> from your agent and then the call from your first editor. And I will be honest. And even though they, they were offering, um, I still did a little bit of homework. It was important to me because I write with Latinx characters and I just wanted to make sure um, uh, I had been getting advice earlier, but you know, before my, or uh, before my current agent, um, some of the advice that I had gotten from different places had was about more stereotypical with my, you know, about my characters. And I did not, um, I did not want to run into that with an editor, with a publisher. And so, uh, um, you know, I kind of did some asking around some other diverse authors that, and, and I, I got great feedback, really positive feedback. And so, um, and I have to say, I agree the whole time I've been with Kensington, um, Martin, and then now I work with Essie Soga and Norma uh, Perez um, Hernandez, and they've all been very good about, you know, Martin said to me, look, the all the cultural aspects, the Spanish that you put in there, we know that that's your area. Um, we're just, we're, we're good to go with what, you know, you're going to put in whatever you think is needed. Um, and so they've never questioned, they've never, some, some, a reader asked me one time, had I ever been asked to water down the Spanish or the cultural. And I, and I said, no. And, and honestly, I would not because what's in there is what needs to be there for those characters. If they're Spanglish, it's because that's what those characters, that's how they talk. That's, that's their life. Right. And so, um, but his perfect partner at first, it was first Yasmin that kind of came to me. She's the oldest sister of the Fernandez sisters. And then you know how it goes as you start talking. She's like, she mentions Rosa. She mentions Lily. There's Papi. And you just start to get to know their family. And um, it was just such a blessing. Um, it's set in Chicago, in and around Chicago. I'm not from Chicago, but um, I'm a huge Cubs fan. So um, I loved being able to like in their perfect melody with Lily and Diego go to a Cubs game. And um, there is a novella that's under the Fernandez Familia umbrella holiday home run. And that's their cousin, Julia and her hero. Uh, ben is a former Chicago Cubs pitcher. Oh, cool. So <laughs> that, that, that whole series was, was just a joy to, you know, well, I think any of my books, I've really enjoyed writing. I just enjoy meeting the familias and then hopefully um, getting them right on the page, getting their stories right on the page so that readers, you know, feel like they become part of their, you know, familia also. You know, regarding the language, I don't know Spanish, but I have never felt like I was missing anything. Like the, the words that you include, you don't take me out of the story. I try hard with that because that is something I don't want. You have published now, how many books? Um, I love uh, Anchored Hearts is eight, book eight. Eight, book eight. So what has changed since you began? Before you're published, you have as long as you needed to, to polish that book. Whereas once you're on contract, and, and, and I think even if you decide to indie pub, right, you still plan when you're going to have books out. And if you, especially if you're using Amazon, you know, like you, I, I don't, I don't indie pub, so I will 
excuse me if I like don't have the right terms, but like when, once you put a book up, you have like a certain window and if you, that, that you're going to, you're going to publish it. So whether you're indie or whether you're traditional or small press, you have deadlines. Um, it, this week, I want to just be all celebration and, and champagne and, and chocolate and these delicious cookies that Southern Confection made for me. Uh, um, but I have another book coming out, so I have to have to get revisions in there, right? And I and I have a day job, so I've got. So the big change is learning how it's a different kind of juggle, right? Um, like with the Match to Perfection series, when when his perfect partner came out, I was like in revisions or copy edits for her perfect affair, but I was also writing their perfect melody, and, and I'm not the best juggler, right? Some some days I'm like, I got this, and other days I'm like, girl. We need it. We need a mulligan here. Uh, um, but uh, so I think that's the big thing. But thankfully, there are like podcasts like this. There are, you know, friends like you, you know, like like Kristen and, and others who have been in the game for a while that are willing to, uh, um, you know, give guidance, give advice, give you, you know, give you the kick in the pants or the, hey, girl, you got it um, that you need um, you know, over this past year. Romance Landia. I mean, my familia has been super supportive. They always are. That's a blessing. But um, also, Romance Landia friends like Farah Rashan and Quana Jackson. Um, gosh, the four chicas. That's um, Mia Sosa and Alexis Daria and Sabrina Soul. And I have like um, another group. Our our message thread is like deadline. You know, like to is to cheer each other on with, and that's um, Barbara O'Neill and Jamie Beck and Sonali Dave and Falgany. Kathari and gosh, now that I started naming, I'm like, I'm going to forget somebody, but Virginia Cantra and, and Sally um, uh, Kilpatrick and, and Tracy Brogan and Liz Talley. So it's, you know, a, another group, but that writing during, during the pandemic for me was hard. I do know people that were like, oh my gosh, I was so prolific and I want to high five you all day long. Go, uh, um, go th- those people. Uh, um, thank God I had a deadline because, and res- and my sense of responsibility, I, I got to make it. Uh, um, but uh, without the help and support of you know those people and others in Romance Landia, when either you needed to pick me up or when something good happened to them, right? And you're cheering to me, that's, in, that's inspiring. You know, like you get a sale and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's awesome, Chris. See, Chris, keep going because your turn can come next, you know, kind of. Uh, and so, and, and I think Romance Landia in general, like what Kristen said to you, um, yes, we're, there's strife, there's strife everywhere, but predominantly in Romance Landia, you're going to find people that are supportive, and want the best, you know, for you and your writing. And I can only write, or I'm only putting out so many books a year, right? So there's plenty of of books for me to be, you know, championing to my readers. Hey, you've read the Keys to Love series? Well, check out what Chris has, or Sonali's got this coming out, right? Or Farrah's got this coming out. And uh, um, there's plenty of room at the table. There's plenty of beach chairs at the beach. Come on, let's, you know, let's go beach read together. One thing about Romance Landia, you bring together so many cultural perspectives. You write with Latinx characters. And and yet, because of you and Kristen, I know about Sonali. There's so many doors that open for the Mm -hmm. reader. I think there's long been a call, right, for diversity everywhere in all businesses, you know, but speaking of Romance Landia, you know, we've had people like Miss Bev, Beverly Jenkins and Brenda Jackson out there championing for decades. And 
thankfully, there's been a slow, I mean, we still have a long way to go, um, but more publishers are starting to get it um, as readers and writers, you know, clamor for, look, there's stories to be told. Um, and it's just really it's really important. A lot of us feel that uh, um, if romance is like, I like to say in others, the, the genre of hope, then, and they're examples of healthy relationships and love conquering whatever the conflict is in that mm -hmm. book, right? Then everybody deserves to see themselves depicted on the pages of a romance, you know, in, you know, in, in a positive way, like get achieving that. And I, I feel like th there's a lot of us that, we champion like the, the the need for that, but also you know each other's books, and and that's um, a, a lovely part of Romance Landia is the support you know the cheerleading for all kinds of books. One of the scenes that I enjoy writing is in each book. There's at least one scene where the Navarro familia, that's the core family, get together for dinner. They're all um, firefighter paramedics. And the way I worked it in the book, um, they all work different shifts, but there's one shift, like the green shift, that that they do not work so that the mom knows, okay, any green shift night, you know, everybody can be meeting. Um, and um, so, yeah, yeah. So uh, so those kinds of scenes, they're, I mean, nothing huge, monumental, but maybe it just speaks to in part in the pandemic and I, I'm missing my girls, right? And wishing we could all be having familia dinner other than via Zoom. I, I'm hoping that those scenes um, are kind of like a touchstone for the reader, like they are for the characters. Like this is why we're out there like fighting the good fight or whatever, um, because this is what we want. And, and this is what it's, what makes it all worthwhile. So even though those aren't great scenes and, and I would say I love, I loved writing the beach scene with, um, I don't want to give something away, but also I'll say I loved writing when Luis and Sarah first kiss, um, writing the opening of Anchored Hearts when Ana Maria and Alejandro first see each other. I, I enjoyed writing it, but it was hard also because it's it's a second chance romance. They haven't seen each other in 12 oh. years. And when they broke up, it was like devastating for her, you know, and, 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 and for him in different ways. And so trying to get that emotion, but not like overload emotion. Um, so I, I hope it comes across as angsty as I want it to be, but, you know, also like, you know, giving you the push to continue reading the book. In your view, what is good writing? Ooh, so books that are on my keeper shelf. Uh, for me, a lot of it is the characters. And, and so even as a writer then, like um, an idea like, yes, I knew I wanted to write a book in Key West and we have some familia friends. Um, like there's a family that grew up with us. It has five boys and three of them were in school with my sister and me in high school, junior high and high school. And four of them are firefighter paramedics. And so I thought of the Sellers boys and I was like, ooh, yes, um, firefighters is a good romance trope. So yes, I had the, those ideas first, but then it becomes, you know, then I, then Luis just kind of came into my head and then I start to get to know the, the people before I look at plotting. And so for me, a good book is when, like when I'm reading a book, whether print or, you know, like on my Kindle and I catch myself that it's hard being a writer to turn off that writer when you're reading or even when you're watching a movie, mm -hmm. right? Or I've been watching a lot of K-dramas. So even when you're watching a K-drama, 
and, and you, and I'll be like, Oh, that's a turning pointer. Ooh, that's this kind of, you know, or when I'm reading a book, sometimes that the writing teacher in me um, might, you know, like might, might notice something or, or, but when I'm like so engrossed in the story that I realized that pages and pages had gone by and I have been able to like turn off everything except for this story. Right. And, and oftentimes it's because the author has done, has been able to like pull me in and I feel like I'm starting to know these characters and they are my friends. Like with Farrah's books, I want to go to happy hour with those three girls, mm. uh, um, you know, kind of thing with, with Mia in her Love on Cue series. I was like, I want to work out with her. I want her to be my my trainer. Books, uh, the books that even when I'm done, I have what some people call either like a book hangover or I can't wait. There are times where I will just open the, the print book or open it on my Kindle and just drop in to a scene and revisit because it feels like. I'm revisiting, you know, friends. Tell us about your teaching. I have an online class through ed to go. It's so ed, the number two go.com. Um, it's a continuing education course. It's called romance writing. And we cover um, a lot of foundational aspects. I will say that the class is like eight weeks. So lesson goes live every Wednesday and every Friday. There's one lesson on like the elements of writing a romance novel. Um, we talk about characters for a couple lessons. We do GMC. We do plotting. Um, we talk about emotion because in romance, uh, um, maybe, I mean, I don't want to say more so than any other genre because I don't want to offend any other genre, but in romance, um, getting that emotion on the page, not just telling, but showing Sometimes you tell yes, but in showing, um, so we, we talk about emotion. So we cover a lot in there. Um, there are exercises with each lesson, but because it's continuing education, students can choose to just do it on their own, read the stuff and do it on their own, or they can post in the discussion area to get some feedback. Um, but um, so that I enjoy doing, again, just kind of helping people. I have people who want to write romances, people who have never written anything, just want to see what it's about. Others who write maybe another genre, but want to add a romantic thread and, and kind of want to make it believable. So I do that. And then I am adjunct faculty now. I'm so blessed in my MFA program. So I'm adjunct faculty at Seton Hill. What are you writing now? Oh, yay. I am working. I am like under the gun revisions due on May 10th for a new series that I have been thinking about for a while, but just, you know how it is, we're working on other stuff. Um, this new series is set in San Antonio, well, book one is set in San Antonio, Texas, where my papi was born and raised, and we still have a lot of familia there. Um, and it will introduce the Campo sisters, and they are a group of sisters who have formed a mariachi band. And uh, I know, yeah, so I've been listening to a ton of... Um, all, like female uh, mariachi and, and ranchera and and uh, music while I'm while I'm writing that those books just to kind of get in kind of be in their zone so I'm loving it uh, uh, but there it's a two book series and the both of the books are loose retellings of Shakespeare plays the and so the very first one is a take, you know, um, a take off of Romeo and Juliet, and um, it is called West Side Love Story. And um, Mariana is our heroine. Angelo is our hero. They are um, competing mariachi bands. 
And they are also um, kind of on different, there are some gentrification issues in the West side of San Antonio. There's right now, like in real life, um, gentrification um, efforts kind of going on in that area. And, and so there's a little bit of tension. So the feuding familias are actually like feuding uh, mariachi bands and also feuding a little bit, you know, ab- about the property. And, um, but it is a romance. So it's what happens with when these two star crossed lovers, um, on opposite sides of the competition, um, what happens when they meet and fall in love, um, in the midst of these family feuds. What's the best writing advice you've received? If you're a new author and, or you're someone who's considering, I would say start. Like that is, you know, don't, don't doubt yourself. If you have a story that you want to tell, start telling it. Right. Secondly, like hone your craft, um, study your craft. If it's how to books, if it's taking workshops, if it's taking the romance writing class, but kidding, um, kidding, not kidding. But there are a lot of online, um, you know, especially not right now that most things are virtual. At the same time, I will say that while you're taking these workshops and reading these books, everyone's process is their own process. So like I say this in my class, hey, I'm teaching you about GMC or hey, we're talking about scene and sequel. If it helps you in your process, use it. If you need to tweak it so that it works for your process, tweak it. If it is stopping you, you know, then set it aside, put it back in the toolbox and maybe take it out at a later time. Um, So just because something works for me doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you and that's okay. You're trying to figure out your process and your and and get new words on the page network with other writers um, if you're you know a romance um, writer romance landia is just teaming with people who are willing to help because someone has helped them you know before and then all i would say is when that happens then please do the same for someone else you know down the road when you can Chris, thank you for taking the time to talk to us on this busy week with your release. Thank you so much. I'm I'm excited to take you and to take all readers back home with me to Key West. I will say if you um, if you'd like a signed copy of of Anchored Hearts, you can order one from uh, my local indie bookstore. It's Third House Books. Also, Love's Sweet Arrow. It's an, a romance. Um, predominantly romance-only bookstore just outside of Chicago. They have um, signed book plates that I've sent them. So it's a a sticker that they'll put in your book. And they also have special recipe cards that um, were part of the pre-order package, but we still have some. Um, It's two special recipe cards with recipes taken from um, the pages of Anchored Hearts. Um, One is Ana Maria's favorite Cuban meal, um, picadillo, and and mine actually. And the other one is Ropa Vieja, which is... Alejandro's favorite dish. Um, so you can get signed copies from both both places, Third House Books. Um, I'll sign them. And she also has some book plates or Love Sweet Arrow. You can get the book plates and recipe cards while supplies last. For more, visit PriscillaOlivares.com. Music by Pavel Yudin and photography by Casey Meineke. If you like what you're hearing, hit the subscribe button and consider leaving a review.